The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. The Heather McCoy Show. Good morning. It's Tuesday. Welcome to The Heather McCoy Show. Midway through the show, we'll be inviting your phone calls on air. Uh, the topic being personal contentment and goals and you have for your life. And are you at the place you want to be? Or are you trying to find something more, which may or may not be in the material sense? Then rounding out the hour, uh, Robert Larson will be joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. And maybe some time for some random news this morning. But first, we'll start off with a regular contributor to the blogger behind fieldschemes.com, Neil the Mouse. Welcome to the show, Neil. Oh, sorry. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hi. Am I here now? Yeah, you're here now. You kind awesome. of got warped in some other world or something. Scotty didn't beam you up. Um, so, anyways, uh, so one of the better arena deals to occur while we've been doing the segment on KUCI is Chris Hansen's proposed C- uh, arena in Seattle, where the builder will be picking up most of the costs. Uh, what are some of the details in this uh, agreement that are still murky? Um, yeah, the, 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 the part that isn't murky, right, is that he, the, Chris Hansen, who's building the arena, is going to be paying most of the money. He's going to be getting maybe... Um, you know, it depends on how you count, but less than $100 million in taxes that he, uh, you know, will get kicked back to him. That he, you know, he'll collect the taxes instead of paying them over to the city or the state. He'll just, uh, uh, you know, keep them using to pay off the arena. But on a $500 million, basically, arena, um, he's still paying, you know, the vast majority of that. Um, the pieces, the main piece I think that's unclear at this point is, What's this going to mean for the arena they already have in Seattle? Um, you know, they, one of the things the city council required was there had to be a plan for the key arena, which is the old arena uh, up in Seattle Center. Um, and they kind of punted on that. Basically, the plan is, well, we're going to set aside $7 million in city money to study what to do with key arena. Um, but I think... Anybody who's serious about it knows that there's no way that, that place is going to stay open because, you know, a, a city the size of Seattle can't support two full-size arenas. There just aren't enough sporting events and concerts to go around. Yeah. Um, it isn't necessarily a disaster for Seattle if that happens, but, you know, it's definitely a downside that hasn't been fully explored and probably isn't going to be fully explored until um, after this arena gets built. I think it's going to be sort of a cross cross that bridge when we come to it thing. Yeah. Can you and I sign up for that contract? Because it seems pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> $7 million, we just, uh, just take a sheet of paper, type, tear it down, <laughs> and, uh, exactly. and then we collect a check. The, I think the other thing, too, is that he not only has to pay for the arena, which doesn't produce that much revenue, uh, and then he has to do an NBA franchise. Yeah, I mean, and that's the big, the big hurdle now, right, is he's agreed to a deal which, again, not perfect, but compared to most other stadium and arena deals out there, um, with very few exceptions, right, you had a couple that were almost entirely privately financed, Staples Center, um, uh, the AT&T Park for the Giants, but, you know, compared to the vast majority of deals out there, this is pretty good for, for taxpayers. The question is, is there enough money in an arena to both 
pay to build to build the thing and to pay the price that you're going to have to pay for uh, for a team. And no, nobody knows that yet. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what you know whether it's the owners of the Sacramento Kings or some other team or an expansion franchise. We really just don't know how much um, Chris Hansen is going to have to pay for a team and ha- whether he's going to be able to afford it. Um, and you know, I think we talked about this a little before, but you know, it's not like uh, he's just going to count on lots of TV money suddenly coming in and saying, okay, fine, whatever I pay, I'm going to get it back with a great TV contract. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody's TV contracts are going up, and that's, you know, again, if you're thinking about an expansion team, if everybody's TV contracts are going up, that just means that, you know, the value of having one-thirtieth of, uh, of, you know, the NBA's TV contract is that much more valuable, and so the NBA is going to charge more for expansion franchise. Yeah, well, it can Chris Hansen buy an NHL Sunbelt team at a discount? Because at least that would give it an anchor tenant for 80, uh, 42 uh, dates a year, because I guess they split home games, right, in the NHL? So it's yeah, a- I think I think I think you could probably at this point get an NHL team. I mean, it might may take a little bit of you know a little while because the NHL really really does not want to give up on all of these struggling Sunbelt teams. Um, I think conceivably he could uh, he could get a team for certainly for a lot less than he would pay for an NBA team, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure that he's not going to go ahead with this unless he has an NBA franchise. I think that was part of the deal. The NHL would just be you know icing on the cake. Oh, okay. Um, no, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but so so and and also the other problem with the NHL is that there you really do have a lot of cities competing to try and get a team. You know, you've got Quebec, you've got, um, I guess, Hamilton still, possibly, in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it certainly would be easier, let me put it that way, if you were just going for an NHL franchise. But I think with the NBA, um, you know, the price is going to be higher. And, uh, you know, again, more power to him if he can pull this off. I would love to see somebody establish this model, you know, because then it means that other cities can point to it and say, hey, how come you need public money? Chris Hansen didn't get a lot of public money. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, no sooner did the city council approve the deal on a 6-2 vote, the Edmonton Oilers show up in town to kick some tires on the existing key arena to jumpstart their own stalled negotiations with Edmonton. Since the NHL lockout has mostly to do with smaller teams in southern markets not making much as much money as the Maple Leafs, Rangers, and Canadians, do you think Bettman's best move publicly is to say nothing to the Oilers but tell the Oilers that the Seattle market is reserved for Phoenix or Nashville? Oh well, he's not going to do that. Because, you know, <laughs> that would reduce the leverage of you know. I mean, well, it, publicly it, at least, not say anything. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he could. He, I'm, I doubt that uh, that you know Gary Bettman wants the the uh, Oilers to move to be the one. If somebody's going to move to Seattle, I don't think he wants Edmonton to, Edmonton to be the team, right? Yeah. Uh, because there are a lot of other teams that are in much much worse shape. Um, you know, Edmonton actually draws and and you know is, is doing decently um, financially. So. Um, you know, this is all about the fact that, that Dal Katz has, I forget what the numbers are, he had he'd already gotten approved close to half a billion dollars, um, and now he wants additional subsidies on top of that. Um, and, you know, the Edmonton Council, which had been sort of <laughs> going along and saying, okay, uh-huh, okay, we'll give you that, sure, fine, um, finally balked at his latest package of demands and said, forget it, we're not going to go that far. <laughs> so... His response, you know, rather than they've been negotiating behind closed doors, and the mayor of Edmonton said, you know, well, at least put your stuff on the table publicly so we can debate it. And his response was, 
I'm not going to do that. And then they got on a plane and flew to Seattle, <laughs> which is a time-honored tradition. You know, uh, yeah. uh, Mario Lemieux, when, when the Penguins won a new arena in Pittsburgh, flew to Kansas City and Las Vegas, I think. Um, the Marlins, when they were trying to get their new stadium, their owners were flying all over the country to you know, pretty much anybody who would have them. Um, going all the way back to Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the, the White Sox and Bulls, when he wanted a White Sox stadium. And I think that like the, a couple days before the legislative vote, he like flew down to Tampa for the day and then flew back. And when years later he was asked, hey, what was all that Tampa talk about? Were you really going to move out of Chicago? His famous quote was, well, you know, a savvy negotiator creates leverage. Yeah, yeah. Are we at a level in Edmonton where there's a uh, level of distrust between the two parties, much like Howard Schultz a decade before when he was the owner of the Supersonics, where negotiations were off and eventually they, the team found another city? Or are the Oilers looking, are they pretty safe in Edmonton? I think that there's a level of distrust. <laughs> I think that, you know, neither side especially likes each other, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to sit down and, and hammer something out. Um, you know, this is this is all part of the hardball negotiations where, you know, teams make these sort of uh, oblique threats and, uh, and uh, you know, fly around to, to uh, play footsie with other cities. Yeah. Um, this should but, be reality um, TV, I, by the way. Sorry? This should be televised for reality TV. Oh man, that would be the most awesome reality TV show. <laughs> who, who who wants to build me an arena? Um, but uh, the uh, yeah, I, I mean, I always assume that the, the you know, in the vast majority of cases, teams end up staying put. You know, yeah. both because there's there's a there's a there's a an incentive on both sides, right? Because you don't want to give up a known quantity of a uh, of a market if you're the team owner. And you don't want to lose the team if, if you're uh, if you're a city. So you know, I generally assume that things are going to get worked out. You know, yeah, my yeah. guess is it'll probably be some more haggling going down the road over this. But um, you know, again, all those te- those teams I just mentioned—Penguins, Marlins, White Sox—they all got stadiums in their own their old so city. None of them moved. Two two mini stories that are absurd and just made me laugh all week was uh, Carolina's Panthers want taxpayers to pay for a refurbishment of their 16-year-old. Uh, uh, football stadium. Part of the plans include video boards, of course, and escalators up to the upper bowl, uh, pulling at a collective heartstrings with the quote of the month team spokesman said uh, Richardson, the team owner, is concerned about a fan who bought a PSL in the upper deck when he or she was 55 and now they're over 70 and they're having to walk up the ramps to get up to their seat. Um, I'm just cruel, I guess. And then, and then the other mini story I thought was really funny was a Cleveland City Council member asking the Browns' uh, new owner Jimmy Haslam, "How uh, how about adding the dome to the Browns Stadium?" Which the owner funnily replied, "I'm completely open-minded." Uh, how likely are both of these going to be done? I don't know. The, the dome seems. I think it's just this one guy in the city council who thinks it'd be really cool to have a dome because then you could get. I don't know the NCAA finals once every 12 years or something yeah. or bigger monster truck rallies. Um, but so I don't know if that's really serious, but you never know. Um, the Panthers thing I think is a little bit more likely. I think, yeah. you know, kind of the, not necessarily the wave of the future, but I think it's, it's one thing we're going to see more of, right? Cause you've got a whole lot of stadiums that were built in the nineties and it's a little soon to be asking for a whole new place. But especially when the in the NFL, where you've got the, things like the Cowboys with the giant, you know, score, you know, giant video screen hanging over the field, 
Um, there's a lot of stuff that other teams have that teams want, and so they're all going to start coming back to uh, you know their cities and saying, oh, hey, you know what we didn't think of? 15 years ago, giant video screen. Can you get us one of those? Um, and again, even in the case of the Panthers, where they built the thing in the first place, right? They yeah. built it with their own team money, but now that they want a scoreboard, um, you know, it's, uh, oh, we should have thought to ask somebody else to build that. Yeah, that, that might have been a good idea. Um, just finishing up for a segment in California, Majestic Realty, who has been trying to build a new NFL stadium for an unnamed NFL team, are flirting building a ballpark for the Angels as a plan B. Um, we've talked about this before. This is a move that's more viable than an NFL stadium due to TV rights. But what are the Angels trying to get out of the uh, city of Anaheim? Yeah, I'm not sure what their their sort of end game is with Anaheim. I mean, clearly they're they're you know they've talked about uh, with AEG about downtown LA. They're now talking to Majestic about industry. I mean, clearly they're trying to create leverage, right? Like Jerry Reinsdorf says. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their their ultimate goal is with Anaheim. I don't know what they've been been talking about. I mean, the place was just renovated, what was it 10, 12 years ago, maybe? That's about right. Um, and um, so, uh, you know, they could certainly do another renovation. They could do a new building in the parking lot. They could do, you know, they, pretty much pretty much anything. Um, uh, I, you know, my guess is that they're, that they're going to sort of, you know, they're kind of uh, kicking the tires and are going to see what they can shake loose from Anaheim. Yeah. Um, so... And Artie Moreno never really seemed happy in Anaheim. I think he wants to spend money like um, like the Yankees, and he feels like the Anaheim's an impediment. And I think he would like to move up the road, honestly. Oh sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, so maybe he, you know, maybe one of these things shakes out. Although again, it's not like there's any money for a stadium uh, in one of those other places. I mean, yeah. That's the reason we don't have a football stadium there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so so yeah. I mean, obviously he'd rather be in L.A. And I think. I don't think there's any territorial issues that would stop him from doing that because it's a shared market. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, again, this early in the game, it's really more about just uh, trying to, you know, see what your options are and then, you know, see what, the, what you can get out of the cities rather than having a firm plan. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, what does a proposed sell of EEG mean for the farmer's field NFL proposal? I, you know, nobody knows. I mean, they um, Tim Lewicki, who is the uh, you know the president of AG, um, is still you know he's apparently signed a new five-year contract, so he's still going to be there, and he's the guy who has been pushing for the stadium. And um, the uh, you know the city council just had another committee vote where they approved another round of the environmental impact statement. I think it was. So supposedly everything's still moving ahead, although moving ahead is probably a little bit of exaggeration given that you know, the NFL and other team owners have shown no interest in actually signing on for this deal because they'd have to pay a whole lot towards the stadium. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nobody it depends who the buyer is, you know. I mean, if the buyer is somebody who's really gung-ho about building a football stadium in L.A., maybe. If the buyer is somebody who just wants, you know, uh, AEG's assets for uh, for some other reason. You know, I've heard, like, uh, even talk about uh, Madison Square Garden buying them, um, oh, wow. at which point they would probably have to jettison um, the L.A. sports properties because they already own the Knicks and Rangers. Yeah. So uh, we have no idea is the answer. You know, I think right now AEG is like, we're still committed to this, um, but obviously a new owner could come in and then completely change gears. Wow. So Neil DeMoss, his work can be found at an awesome blog called fieldofschemes.com. Thanks for being on the show again, Neil. 
Okay, talk to you next week. Okay, talk to you next week. And when we come back, we're going to be basically taking your phone calls at 949-824-5824, and we're going to do kind of a free-form segment on basically something that I've been dealing with a lot in the last two or three weeks is like, where do you find yourself at in life? Are you happy? Are you content with it? Are you just happy with with where you are in your life, but you just would like a little bit more money as a paying job? Uh, Yeah, we'll be taking calls 949-824-5824 if you want to chime in on that conversation. If not, I can certainly talk about me. Uh, This is the Heather McCoy Show.